eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. In this town, there is no off-season. The news never stops, and neither do we. It's always game day in Cleveland with Andy Baskin and Daryl Leiter. It's always game day in Cleveland, the post-game edition. Jets 31, Browns 30, Browns fall 2-1-1. One, and one. He is Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. If you like what you're listening to, subscribe to the podcast. And uh, more than that, if you feel like commenting, you're more than welcome to. Uh, when you subscribe to any of the podcasts where you subscribe to. Plus, we always want to hear from you, too, at Game Day CLE on either Twitter or Instagram. Miles Garrett had a few things to say after the game. Daryl, you were in the locker room. Uh, should we start with a positive? We'll start with a positive. Yeah, I mean, yeah, why not? Uh, okay. he, he was not the one blowing coverages in the secondary. He was not Jeff Howard giving the calls or whatever. But uh, this is what he uh, had to say about the defense going full Chernobyl Sunday. If anyone's going to point fingers, you know, I'm pointing on myself, you know, knowing, knowing that you know, I could have done better. You know, regardless of you know, what we're facing up, up front, you know, I have to be able to to get free and make those kind of plays. And I, I think every man in the locker room should, you know, coaches included. You know, we, we have to be able to, to look at ourselves and see what we can do better. You know, safeties, DBs, linebackers, there was all at least one play that, you know, we could have made that we missed out on those, those accumulate and those things come back to bite you. And unfortunately this time it did. Hmm. All right. Well, I'll buy into that. I like the fact that he called out the coaches as well. I mean, look, he's right. You know, you, you want to point the finger, look in the mirror and that's what happened to the defense because the offense did their job. If you put, you know, last week, I think uh, outside of the Monday night game, it only took 19 points to win a game. And mostly, mostly it was 20 and over to win. So there was, I, there was only one 17 point winner and that was in the Monday night game. So, um, but Daryl, just, you know, looking at, at the big picture, miles went back and said something else that might haunt him. I mean, the more disappointing thing was the booing at the end. It was a, you know, 
not the most optimal ending that we'd want. You know, we, of course, we'd want to win. Of course, we want to play out the game and, you know, it in 30-16 or 30-17, whatever it was. You know, we get a, uh, a pick or a strip sack and end the game, but that's not always how it goes. You know, these guys are still putting their asses on the line and playing as hard as they can, and they should be respected as such. It's, it's two games, and you know, we have plenty more games to play, especially this next one coming up in front of the, you know, the home crowd. And, you know, we have a lot of time to correct what we're doing. So I don't, we don't want to see uh, this this crowd, this uh, this stadium give up on us you know, this early. We want to see them you know, completely behind us. And you know, it's disappointing for everybody, but it's absolutely disappointing for, for us as a team, just knowing that you know, we had them you know, with, our, with our foot on their throat and we didn't finish them. And that's completely on us. And you know, we, we learned from this and we correct it and come back stronger. All right, Daryl, I get it. I understand where Miles was going with it, and I can appreciate what he's saying as a player. But I can tell you, as someone who's lived in Northeast Ohio my whole life, that if the fans – first of all, they earn the boo at the end of the game, just like you earn a cheer, you earn a boo. And that was their way of saying, <clears throat> we don't really want to see games like end like this anymore. And so it's the passion of the fans. And, you know, boo means you care. If they heard nothing, well, let's say there are two things. One, they don't care. Or two, the pathetic ending killed everybody inside the stadium. Let's be honest. What he should have said is, "We deserve to be booed off the field." I agree. I what agree. he should have so, said. So what? Big I, deal. I, you get booed. You come back. Miles Garrett. They love you. This crowd loves you. The city loves you. Yep. We all know it was one game, but for that split moment when the team sucked, you Don't got booed, and that's okay. Yeah, can't call out the fans, Andy, and that's kind of what he did. And he's done that before in years past. And Miles should know better. I mean, my God, his first season, they went 0-16. Like, the, the Browns have been the laughing stock of the National Football League since coming back. You know, the, the running joke is Cleveland's still waiting for professional football to return. It was promised in 99. Still waiting for it, right? Right. Um, And I... 100% understand where he's coming from. The, they are human. We do forget that, both as media uh, as well as the, the fans. You know, they have families that read, see, hear everything. So I get that. But you can't call out the fans to boo, for booing you when you blew a 13-point lead in less than 90 seconds. and your defense down the strip and I'll give him credit. He did say he could have done more miles. Final stat line, one tackle, a combined tackle, a sack for a six yard loss and two QB hits. That's not overly impressive. Now, granted he was double and triple teamed all afternoon, but that's that's a real tough one to do after that game to come out and say the most disappointing thing was the fans booing us. Sorry, y'all earned it. Somebody else had a quote, didn't they, after the game? That yeah, kind of contradicted. John Johnson was asked about what Miles said, and this is what he said. Um, uh, <clears throat> I mean, we've got some of the most loyal fans. I don't blame them. It's unacceptable. I didn't feel that way about it. Referring to Miles. 
it's unacceptable. We go out there, they pay their hard-earned money to at least see us at least put up a decent show. Come on, we've got to win that one. That's the response you want. And that's like Miles is, and, the, and this is why Miles's comments matter because he's not, he's the leader of the defense, right? Right. So you, you can't, I get it. If you're mad, that's one of those, you got to keep that to yourself and you just got to play the diplomat and just say, Hey man, we deserve to get booed off the field. It hurts. It really hurts when our fans boo us. It really bothers me, but I get it. That's how you, that's how you say that. You can see, you see what I'm saying? Like No, I get it. I get it. It's all in the way you deliver the message. Right. And it's like, obviously the, the front office didn't like the fact that, or they feel like, and it, that the Browns fans were cheering too much when they were on offense. Um, you know, oh, JW you Johnson the, twice this the, week. Did you see the PSA they did? With no, Wyatt I didn't see it. No, I didn't see it. Shut the bleep up. That's what they ran. They ran, we were on a, offense? they ran a spoof PSA. Right. And it was like, shut the hell up when we're on offense. Oh, man. I don't know. It, it, you know, there are, there... Well, remember last year, Baker Mayfield criticized fans for cheering too much when they were on trying to operate offensively. Remember that? And yeah. Then Kevin, and Kevin Stefanski on I Friday know, said, man, I just man. want our fans to be smart when we're on offense, you know? This Keep is a down. great football town. I, I don't, I mean, when Bernie Kosar just waved his arms down, everyone shut up. When you Brian know, Snipe did it, they just shut up. Can We can't really get into this, but the Browns don't get a lot of things. They think they get a lot of things about the fans here and the people here and stuff like that. They really don't. There's very few people in that building that are attached to the original franchise. Um, there's very few people in that building that actually know what the hell happened with the original franchise. Um, and, you know, I give, I will give them credit. They have in recent years really tried to embrace the original franchise alumni and welcome them back into the fold. They were at, a, they were out at practice on Saturday uh, or the walkthrough, I should say on Saturday uh, and that, but I just feel like Andy, in so many respects, organizationally, the Cleveland Browns just don't get it. They don't get it with local media and how they interact with us. They don't get it with fans. They don't get it with the history of the team. Um, they they just they don't get a lot of stuff, and a lot, and some of it's not their fault because they weren't here. And mm -hmm. they weren't part of it. They didn't live it and, and whatever, right? They're imports. But, yeah, there's a lot of not getting things. And I just, like, I think, like, like Kevin Stefanski on Friday when he was asked about Brownie the Elf being cool in that, and you just kind of blew that off. It's like, that's an opportunity to show you're a human being and you have a personality and, and whatever. And it's an innocuous question that you were asked. It's not a right. probing, why is Perry and Winfrey in the doghouse question? type thing like it's a fun and and it's frustrating covering a team that doesn't get it and doesn't know how to show personality at the right times and doesn't know when to have fun uh they have fun at the wrong times or they don't have fun at all you see what i'm saying like no i get it I get and this it. isn't just a stefanski regime thing 
I'm not, this isn't just like a, like a, I'm picking on present day here. I'm just talking like in generality that this franchise since coming back in 99, no matter who's owned it, no matter who's been in the GM chair, no matter who's been in the head coaching chair, no matter who's been in the PR chairs, no matter who's been in the alumni, whatever, like it just, it doesn't matter. The, the franchise since coming back, it's been a complete disconnection from what used to be here. And when you have lost at the scale that the Browns have lost at, and when you lose games like you did today, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, fans just have, yes, there is a lot. And I, you know, I've talked to people that are no longer here and they say, man, Daryl, you're negative and the media is negative, And I just, I don't understand the negativity. And I'm like, well, there hadn't been a whole lot of positivity since the team has come back. It's been few and far between. And when it's been positive, it's kind of been over the top because you're so thirsty for any little morsel of, of, of you know, positivity. Um, and it's unfortunate. So short week, they got to put this whole mess behind them. Hopefully Jeff Howard figures out how to coach his defensive backs to know what they're doing in critical situations on the field. And uh, Friday morning, we can be having a much pleasant conversation concerning the first uh, divisional game of the season against the Pittsburgh Steelers and a public service announcement. That game is on Amazon prime. Don't shoot the messenger. Don't be mad at me. Don't be mad at Andy Baskin. We did not sign the billion dollar a year contract with the national football league, but the game will be on Amazon prime. Daryl, is it a hundred percent or don't they have to resell to a local? I don't. Honestly, I don't know. This I don't know either. I, you know, I normally... think there's a slim chance. I think there might be a chance it's on local. I just, I don't, I, I'm going to have to look into that. I don't want to tell people it's on locally. And then if it's not, then, you know, people like lose their stuff. I don't know if it's on locally or not. I, as, I would assume that they treat it just like their other NFL packages, but that I, I don't know if they uh, sold local broadcast rights to Thursday night. I know. I'm pretty sure Monday night football is on local over the air because ESPN. Yeah, well, they moved it over. I mean, ABC, this, I mean, this season, the ABC has been simulcasting the game. So yeah, uh, ABC ESPN would sell those broadcast rights to uh, a local station to carry them. But yeah, I don't know if Amazon prime is doing that or not, but um, yeah, this, this one's tough. That that's tough to swallow. Like they, you know, everyone's feeling good. Nick Chubb just scored his third touchdown. They go up 13. Uh, this thing is put away. All they got to do is just kind of kill off and burn off a minute and 55. Uh, and and then they just, the defense completely uh, lost their focus. You don't get the onside kick. You, you lose the focus again uh, in the red zone. And then, um, you know, and I'm not even going to blame that interception at the end, like Jacoby Brissett throwing the pick. Some people are, you know, pointing to that. It's he got the ball back with like 20 seconds left. Come on, man. <laughs> like, let's be realistic. Um, I it's it's just it's it's tough when the defense uh, lays an egg in the final two minutes of the game, and then Miles Garrett, who's the leader of said defense, calls out the fans for booing them. Um. Let me just tell you why I'm bummed. This is my final thought on the game. I, I'm bummed because Jacoby Brissett did everything you asked him to do as far as getting better this week. And, you know, he ends up 22 of 27 for 229 with one touchdown. They also put him in a position where they don't want – where he can uh, be pressured into not being successful. And that was the last pass that ended up being an interception, his first 
in two weeks came down to his last pass. Why? Because he wasn't in a winning position and, you know, it was forced. I thought it was forced. And so I'm bummed because of Jacoby Brissett. I thought he played a great game. I thought Nick Chubb worked his ass off. And every time they tried to tackle him, he would pick up two or three more yards. I'm bummed for him. I'm bummed for Kareem Hunt, who also had an outstanding game, ending up with 58 yards and averaging almost five yards a carry. And I'm also bummed for Amari Cooper, who was able to get into the action, 10 targets, nine receptions, um, over 100 yards. That's who I'm bummed for. Those guys that really worked hard on offense and all the storylines that were there until the final two minutes. And if you ask why was a Browns fan upset, it's because you had heroes that never will get to be heroes from that game because they let down in the last minute and a half, and it just sucks. Your final thought. Thank God it's a quick week. And Good point. The Steelers will be here Thursday night. Um, you know. Monday will be a uh, a tough one, but come Tuesday morning, first thing, actually Monday night for them, it's Monday night. So here's the schedule. My final thought will be what's going to happen this week. Okay. Um, they will have a walkthrough on Monday afternoon or evening. Tuesday, come in, and that'll be a combination of Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, mashed up into one. Wow. Wednesday, Another uh, walkthrough, we, we will not have any availability, uh, but they will do another walkthrough on Wednesday, and they play another game Thursday night. So thank God it's a short week, not a lot of time for them to dwell on it. And for us, it's good, not a long time for us to dwell on it as well. All right, that's it. That'll do it for the postgame edition of it's always game day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin for our outstanding producer, Meredith Kane. Thank you very much. That's a post-game report for you. Jets win 31-30. to 30. We will be back, uh, what, tomorrow. It depends when you're listening to us. But we'll have three podcasts uh, this week as usual, and uh, we might adjust the schedule just a little bit because it's a Thursday night game. Thanks for listening to It's Always Game Day in Cleveland.